that our harvest is great. But when I get a chance to connect with a missionary, it just gets my blood pumping. And um, a couple years ago, I had a chance to meet Jim and Mindy and uh, met them at an MIP gathering. Uh, They went through the MIP with Pastor Brian and Pastor Anna. And I met them at that point. Was at a minister's retreat with them, and and I I'm gonna let you in on a secret. Some of y'all might not have noticed, but Brother Jim looks a little like somebody that 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 makes trips around the world at Christmas time, and um, and I I'll never forget being at at a at a minister's retreat. We were at the Dixie Stampede or whatever it was in Branson, and and dear Lord, they they had a whole conversation with Santa Claus on vacation just before Christmas, and. And uh, I, I thought, man, that's so cool. I thought he must deal with that a lot because he knew all the right answers. <laughs> and uh, but uh, I've had a chance to talk with him this last minister's retreat. We we spent several minutes talking before we went in to see our our show, and and uh, we just had a chance just to casually get acquainted. To say that we knew each other well, I think would be a stretch. But we had several opportunities to casually get acquainted. And I've been excited about bringing them here, and they had contacted me, and I was like, yes, I want to get you here. And uh, it felt like that was so long ago that we set this up. And um, uh, and, and now we're here. And um, I, I, I got to be honest with you, that was all exciting until last night. And last night when they got here and they came and sat in our, in our dining room and, and ate a meal with us and just began to share. Then, I didn't know if I liked them anymore. Um, you ever met people, you, you, you think they're really cool until you get to talk to them. And then you just get so jealous of their excitement, so jealous of their love for life, so jealous for their freedom and their ministry that you go, I don't even know if I like you anymore. And, and, and um, I say that in jest, but their, their love for life is so powerful. Their story is so incredible, and I know time probably won't permit them to share everything. Um, uh, Sister Mindy, she sort of tells stories the way I do. She starts a story, and then that reminds her of another story that reminds her of another story that reminds her of another story that reminds her of another story. Uh, And and Brother Jim is sort of of reacts the way I do sometimes. Every once in a while, he's got a little one-line joke he throws in, and and uh, I did like that they laughed at my jokes. That was that was fun. But uh, I, uh, I I'm just excited to have. I can't wait for them to share what God is doing in their life and what God has laid on their heart. I'm going to tell you. In talking last night, we got to talking about sermons, and and uh, she quoted something I said three or four times last Sunday, and we pointed that out. And then she goes, "What do you mean you preached that scripture last Sunday?" So get ready. She's gonna she's gonna go a different route in a verse that I talked about last week. Is that not that that's a God thing? I'm gonna tell you. When I hear those things, I get excited. That's a God thing. And uh I could talk for a long time. I could tell you a lot of things that, that just excite me about them. But it'd be better if I just let them come. Jim and Mindy, would you come up? I want you to take your time. Uh, um there's nothing important happening this afternoon. And uh, we're just here to celebrate God. Amen.
Amen. All right. Let's give him a hand this morning. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Take Stay your, up here for just take, a take minute. I'm going to set my little props down. So before we start, we have a gift for the church. But we had this already coming. So this is the Samoan flag. <laughs> it, it'll go very good. Pastor, thank you for allowing us to come for your Sunday morning. Wow. Thank you. Well, Jim is going to greet you first, and then we'll talk. And <laughs> Talofa, that's hello in Samoan. There's many blessings from God. And Paftai Leatua is thank you, God. Thank you, God, for getting us here. Thank you, God, for allowing us to, to travel and talk about you. I mean, it's just so awesome. It, it's, it, we get to do it together. Yes, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you're probably curious of what I'm, what, what I'm wearing because this is actually tropical country we're in, so... So this is uh, an Efi Taga is what this is called. It means with pockets because I can keep my wallet and my keys and whatever else in there. Um, most of the time, they, the guys on the island just wear a lava lava that wraps around, and they don't have any pockets. So some, some of the guys carry around a little man bag, and I'd rather have pockets. <laughs> Anyway, the Samoan shirts are pretty colorful, and one of the things the families do when they have get-togethers or something, they, a lot of time they dress like the same shirt pattern, and you'll, you can pick out different family groups just by looking at their shirts. Just, oh, yeah, uh, there was one church we went to in, in Samoa that uh, the pastor and all his board members had one type of shirt, and the worship team, had all, all, they all had another shirt, and it was pretty neat to see that they were grouped that way and then the, we got the kikui beads these are my necklace these were they're like when uh, you go to Hawaii and you can receive a lei well I received kikui beads and these are basically like a, a sandalwood nut is what it is and, and uh, they, they they string them and uh, sandalwood is one of those oils if you get oil from sandalwood it's an insect repellent uh, I've asked several times, what's the significance of these things? And I've just been told, well, they're, they're kind of like the uniform of the day, you know. So they've never given me any scientific but uh, or, or anecdotal evidence about what they are, why they were given. It's just that, oh, okay, we give them. It's kind of an honor to be given them from different pastors and things. So I've always... I've, I've gotten several sets in the, the several trips that we've been there. And I'm running out of stuff to say. I'll turn it over to Mindy because she's the one that speaks most. So before he leaves, though, I give honor to this man of God. Um, I could not be an evangelist and where God has called me in ministry if it was not for Jim. And I always give honor and I let people know that this is my headship. He is my armor bearer. He's my best friend. And 
this is us. We're a team. This is not, oh, look, you're the evangelist. You're going to go to foreign countries. This is God has put us together for such a time as this to go to the nations, to go to the islands of the South Pacific. So I always want to give this man honor. Thank you, dear. God's stretching him. He doesn't like the microphone, but he's getting a lot better. It's really funny. The pastors in Samoa are like, Brother Jim, you got to talk more. And he did at our church not long ago, and pastor was like, wow, I hadn't heard Jim talk like that in a long time. One-to-one, he's amazing. He, he'll like, he's the lonely sheep herder man. Where's Jim? Oh, somebody found him. Okay, I'll find him in an hour or so. So <laughs> we have um, a, a little 13-minute slideshow, and it's, I've made it into a video because I then talk in between the, two, the, the slides. But you have to ask, how do two 61-year-olds become missionaries? And we're 62 now. But how do we become missionaries? You say yes. And God does the rest. And our testimony is just kind of crazy how God works. But we have been to Samoa. We went in 2014. And that's when we knew we were supposed to be there. And we went back in 2016. And we just spent 69 days there. And we have now been approved as full-time missionaries with Church of God. Um, we were short-term, which isn't a big thing. It's just title kind of thing. And uh, as of April 10th, we are full-time missionaries with Church of God. And we have our house on the market. It's under contract. We moved into our RV in May. And we're just trusting God that our yes is a yes, and we're going. So go ahead and start the slides. So Samoa is in the South Pacific. It's 14 degrees south of the equator. I always get dyslexic and messed up. So it's south of the equator. Um, it's a land of overflow. And it should, should play and go to the next slide. Did it? It did, but not there. Okay. So there's two islands. There's Upola and Savai, and there's some smaller islands. The population is about 200,000, um, and we do a lot of ministry on the main island, Upola, but we were able to go to Savai last time. This woman is from Fiji. She was in the lounge, so we stayed in the lodge, and we thought the lounge was like a lounge, like a living room. It was the bar. We went out, and I made the balloon, and this balloon says, I love Jesus, and she took it and she started crying she said I used to know Jesus and we got to minister to people in the bar it was amazing went out to play with balloons and God had a plan this is Savani and I just love her she is of Hin was a Hindu she is an amazing woman of God um, God used us um, God did some inner healing for her while we were there is amazing this is kingdom kids this is one of the churches that we have um, been under and this is the balloons They're kingdom kids. Um, I was asked to do devotions at the lodge. We stayed at Lodipal Lodge for about three weeks, and I did devotions daily for the staff. Um, at first, they were like, oh, what's this Palangi doing? And they cried when we left. This is some of our worship. I, I love it. I miss them. I'm homesick. Um, they cried when we left, so we had to keep coming back to the lodge and, and say hi to the ladies and the gentlemen. Um, 
it, it was amazing. It was um, got up at 7:30 every morning and went out. Past Pastor Cruz, his dad owns the lodge, and that's how we ended up with the connection. And then there's supernatural fellowship which are young Jeremiah generation. Um, this group of young people are so on fire. They're about to light the islands up. Um, it's just amazing, and God has connected us with them. This is the market. This is one of my favorite places, is to just go where the people are. The ladies at the market loved us. They loved the balloons, and every time I came, they said, do you have the balloons? Can we see the balloons again? And uh, they, they made the heart hat. They made hats out of it, and uh, they were fun. They, they sell their wares. They sell a lot of produce in the market. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, but you meet people where they're at, and a simple thing as a balloon opens doors and this is one of the doors that got open we were able to be part of a thanksgiving celebration at alicia uh, because of the balloons at the market i was asked to come and do balloons at their thanksgiving which they'd quarterly butcher a cow and bless the congregation with food um, there were over a hundred kids and we made up balloons the night before in garbage bags we had no idea how many kids i just made them till i got tired we gave the last balloon to the last kid it, that, that was a God thing. This is the market and food. The stuff in the green bowl is scrambled eggs and pololo. Pololo is sea worms. And it's a delicacy like caviar. It was very interesting. And we actually ate pololo, uh, glow-in-the-dark sea worms. This is our first pair of shoes that were given. In 2014, we saw a young man in the bank parking lot with bloody feet, and Bishop Boat took his shoes off and gave them to this little boy. They sell cocoa. They sell whatever they can in the market, and um, we wanted to give shoes away. We didn't know that God had set it up for us to be part of this event um, because of the balloons and because of our heart, and we had a little money to buy shoes. We were able to buy 114 pairs of shoes. We buy them there on the island, to be part of this event. This was a God setup. This was not set up beforehand. We went with the heart, and 55 street kids um, had their, na their name on a Christmas tree with one of the local businesses, and Buto set this up. We got to be part of this. Um, pediatricians, business people. Um, this was an amazing event. Um, here's the shoes. And there's Fafatai, and I can't think of her name. But they got the gospel message. Um, they had a venue that was already set up for a night. Here's a vendor with his wares making a dog. And there's Buto preaching the gospel. And Sia. So that tray is something they'd come on the streets and sell you. And then they had a Santa. They had a Palangi. Palangi is the word for white person, Santa. You may recognize this fella. They actually got a, a suit from American Samoa so he could do this. Because of this, it opened up communication in the, in the community. People saw us and knew who we were. The kids came up to us in the market, you know, just because we love them where they're at and who we are. So this was amazing. I mean, we didn't know we were going to be part of this event. And here he is, you know, this is like, like Pastor said, he looked a little bit like that guy. And um, it, you guys, it's just amazing what God uses. The children were stoked to have received presents. A generous person will prosper whoever refreshes others. 
and you know, thank you to the partners. And then, I love this kid's eyes. He, and you know, it's a big deal. It's not commercialized over there to get a present. Um, you're talking about people that live from not paycheck to paycheck. It's what grows on their tree. And if they get a job, then the minimum wage is two fifty tala, which is about one American dollar. It costs about two fifty tala to buy a loaf of bread. So that's kind of their economy. Uh, Here's some of the vendors. We were able to put shoes on kids that didn't even have shoes when they arrived at the event. Uh, it was great listening to the gospel. And then the next week, you know, we're, they run us down in the streets. Hi, hi, we know you. You know, it's like, so it was really fun. A um, couple of these kids, your heart just goes out to them because the families, um, you don't want to call lazy, but there's some problems there. But here's a place that we minister to. There were 72 children here. This is the victim support ch- place. It's kind of like foster care. There's not foster homes. We were not allowed to take pictures there, but it was amazing. We got to do balloons, and we're going back. We're actually going to make sure that every kid there gets shoes this time. Um, This is uh, Faliasu. This is a church that 10 people got saved. Um, The power went out, and a couple of the worship team rededicated their lives to the Lord. It was an amazing, amazing time at that church. Um, Beautiful, you know, it's along the ocean, but Samoa struggles with what America does, and that they know of God, but they don't know him intimately. Um, This is making cocoa. That was Alicia right before that. Um, They grow everything that's amazing. The food is amazing. We have black on us because you kind of goof around and go, ooh, you have a mosquito on you, Sister Mindy, and you go like this, and you get black faces by the time you're done. So, yes, I had the black face, but nothing like bad. You know, it's it's the cocoa. This is a small fale or home, and a umu is their outdoor kitchen barbecue. So they have nicer homes, what I call in the front of their property, but there's so many people that live there that they'll build these fales on the back. And this is a typical Samoan fale. And I think they had like eight kids living in the back of this, eight young men. There's some speakers in a car seat, whatever, and mosquito netting. This is Savai'i. Um, Oh, we had an amazing time in Savaya at Pastor John's church. Um, made balloons for the kids. But, you know, the ministry that happens when God brings a word, you set the table and people come. Uh, you just kind of go, wow. Then the other thing is, you know, it's not always about ministry. Ministry is different. So I want you to see there's a sewing machine here. We bought a sewing machine for a women's group. They were actually getting ready to ban plastic at the first of the year. And I said, let's buy them a sewing machine, and they can make cloth bags and sell those. Um, It's amazing. They made Jim a shirt. I took them patterns. I'd thrown patterns in my luggage. So I have this whole laundry list. This is Sunday school material that we took from Cornerstone Church in uh, Marionville, Missouri. And this is Cornerstone Church in Apia, Samoa. And that's uh, Pastor Satu and Lay. And then here's our other connections. We have Pastor Satu, Rabbi Ricky, um, Hengis and Letitia McDonald. They are new friends in New Zealand. We actually got to spend some time with them on the way home in New Zealand. Um, God is opening up doors that we never dreamed. Um, I crochet, so I took some crocheting and showed them a pattern because they've been crocheting. That was another one of those things that we used. Um, that night was amazing. Uh, I will never forget that night. That was just, 
that was in a house church. And then, then they had me come back another night. It's like, you, Sister Mindy, you got to come back. we got to do some more crocheting, and you got to minister some more. So I actually did another night. And uh, you can see the ladies there. It was amazing. Here's another day at the balloons in the market. Um, again, the market is just, I love the market. You, you're just right there with the people. You know, you're right there where they're at. Uh, Jim was able to take a water filter up the mountain and set it up. Uh, Waynesville, Missouri, Church of God had given us some water filters. We just threw those in the luggage. We were able to do some water filters. That's a family with seven children and two adults that live in one of those huts. And so now they have clean water. And that was up the mountain from where we're going to be living. This is the house then that we rented um, after we left the lodge. So it kind of shows you the coconut broom and the one burner stove. It doesn't show you the rats or the cockroaches, but that's okay. They have lizards, and the lizards don't bother me. But And this is Great Harvest Church. This is one of our church families. They, they love us, embrace us. We have three churches that just, we want you there. This is Supernatural Fellowship again. Um, the, they meet on Wednesday nights, and it's very intimate worship, but very powerful, crazy God. Uh, this is at the business, at the coffee shop. I can't remember the name all of a sudden. But this young lady is from Chicago, but was from Guatemala, and we got to minister to her. This is the other side of the island. We got to go to Samusu and uh, minister. Um, that was awesome. Um, it, it was kind of a neat neat time and we actually did spend some time on the beach this is two young ladies that wanted to learn balloons and I had been praying I wanted to teach somebody to do the balloons and they're actually children's pastors at one of the big churches but they do the good news clubs on the island so they really reach out to a lot of kids um, this is some school uniform we bought and then you leave your other clothes over there and just building relationships Samoa is amazing. The people are so loving. They're, I don't know, we fell in love with it the first time, and it's home. This is um, two of our young ladies that came to us and know that God's working in their lives. The young lady over on this side, closer to me by Jim, she has been called to be a missionary to Africa, and the other young lady's been called to be a missionary to Israel. Um, this is uh, Pastor Cruz Westernland, First Lady Rissa, and Baby Talia. That is the pastor of Supernatural Fellowship, and then that's his parents. Um, they're, they're the nicest family, and their whole testimony, how they all got saved and how they're on fire and Pentecostal for the Lord has just been amazing. Um, Jim ministers. People love Jim. He's a teddy bear. You know, the beard just kind of, you know. And beards aren't a thing there. It, in fact, in the churches, it was not a thing. And here's our new friends, other than Angus and Letitia McDonald, but we met George and Genevieve. Um, Angus took us over to their house, so we met this couple in New Zealand. So we say Fafatai Talilava, which thank you very much. So people ask us, what are you going to do in Samoa? And, you know, we can't say we're church planting because we're really not, but we're going to build on the relationships that we've already built. And, you know, the word says, love God and love people. You know, we have to wake up and be the church. And that's really what God's called us to be is his hands extended. But I have a word that God put on my heart. But before I bring that, I really praise God. His presence is so here and he's in the house. And I believe he's got more 
for Chillicothe than what we see. So, Lord Jesus, I praise you. Lord, we give you honor and glory. And, Lord, I ask right now, Lord, that it be your word from my lips. And, Lord, that you could do only what you can do for this house today. Lord, I pray, Lord, that they will hear and that they will know you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that the fire of God will come and that your glory will come and that your presence will come. And, Lord, that you will meet the needs of this community right here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. So I was sharing with Pastor, and then he goes, I just preached on the five loaves and fishes. So this is kind of a continuation, and I don't really do series, but God's been showing me some things, and one is what's in your hand. So we often say, well, I don't have anything to give God. I don't have anything But he's saying, what's in your hand? You know, Exodus 4.12, he said to Moses, what's in your hand? And, And Moses is like, it's a rod. So what God was doing, hey, awesome. You can hold that for me. So what God is saying is, what's in your hand? Now, why is what's in your hand? So I'm looking at this a little different, and it's the 5,000. It's for the 5,000 is what's in your hand. So we have these silly balloons that I've learned. So this is one of the tools that's in my hand. So there's a little boy that came along, and it's in Matthew. And I'll pull up the text. And he had some fish, and he had five loaves of bread. So I got the fish, and I got the bread. And we'll just set it down here. He had five loaves of bread. So what was in Mindy's hand to go to Samoa was balloons, crocheting, a sewing machine. But really more than that, what was in my hand was that love that he had put in my heart. Because the love of God in our hearts goes further. He doesn't love us and have that love in our hearts just to keep it to keep our heart beating. He wants others to know that his heart beats for them. So then I want you to ask, who are the 5,000? And the text comes from Matthew 14, 1 through 12. And, and I'll read it, and this will probably be review. But there's some things in here that God just opened up for me and showed me. And it was, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to the desert, desert, desert places by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus saw the great multitude, he was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. And it's like, well, who are the 5,000? They came on foot. Well, where did they come in by foot? So you need to go look at the map, and I should have, like, pulled a map up. But if you look at the Sea of Galilee, it's on the north side of Israel. And around that are some cities that we've all heard of if we've been in the Word. They're the cities of Chorazon, Capernaum, Magdala, Tiberia, Bethsaida, Gergesa, Gadaria. There's all of these cities around the Sea of Galilee. So the word says they walked. They would have walked several days to get 
to the side of the, the side of Galilee that he was on. You know, it was like 50 miles. You know, you're looking, you're, they had to go up to the top of the Sea of Galilee and cross where the Jordan comes in and then come down to where he was at. And he was kind of close. Um, some of the texts say that he was probably close to where Bethsaida was. And so I have to think, well, then who are all these people? Who are the people of Chillicothe? Who are the people of Springfield? What kind of people are they that are coming to see Jesus? Who were the 5,000? The 5,000 are all of us. But you go and you look. So in, in Corazon, it was a place of, of Gentiles lived. And yet, it was one of the three cities that Jesus actually, in Matthew 11, curses. He cursed Corazon, Capernaum, and Bethsaida, because of their unbelief. Now, you would think that because these people had already seen all these miracles happen, because when you look at the timeline, what has already happened is he's been, he's, he's healed Jairus' daughter, the Gadarene has been freed over here in Gadira. You have all these things that Jesus has already done, and now he's tired. You know, his friend just died, but it's kind of like, well, they've already got their plane tickets, they're already sitting in, in the stadium. He had compassion on them. He had more compassion on them than we do. Because, see, people look and say, well, you're a Gentile. You don't deserve to be here on this hillside with us. And then there was Capernaum. Capernaum was a main trading village. But they also had unbelief. So you have the Gentiles that live in one city. You have Capernaum, and you have the people that are tradesmen and businessmen. So they're on there. So, okay, I'm looking out on this hillside. Who are the 5,000? Well, they're the Gentiles. They're the non-church-going people. They're the businessmen. And then there's the Magdala. That was the Jewish meaning. That actually was a raised-up city that had a tower. It called, they called it a fish tower. Well, Magdala was headquarters. So it was the people from where Jesus set up headquarters. So, okay, so that's a Jewish city. So some of the people would have walked from there. And then there was Tiberia, and Tiberia was called a place of good vision. Well, this was the headquarters of the Sanhedrin. This was the headquarters of the religious people. And then you have Bethsaida, and it was also a fishing village. They have found, the archaeologists have found a lot of fishing hooks and weights and nets in this area. So yeah, there would be a reason that we would have two fish and bread, but you're talking 5,000 men plus women and children. And then you have Garagesa, which is a Gentile city, and they actually called this the city of swine because of the pigs. So. Okay, so who are the 5,000? They're your neighbor. They're the people that we look at and don't allow in our churches. Can I tell you? They stink. They're from Gadaria. They've been around the pigs. You ever drive by a pig farm? It stinks. You know, it's like that's not a cow truck we're passing. That's pigs. We lived in North Dakota. Um, it was fishermen. Fishermen were not the business class people. They wouldn't have been in the nicer robes. They would have just been in their everyday stuff, and they would have had calloused hands, and, and they would have just been who they were. They were the 5,000. 
But then there were those in that group that had seen Jesus. They had seen who he was. They watched him raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. They watched him heal Peter's mother. But here they are, some in their belief and some in their unbelief. But here they are. And the disciples said, they need to go home. Hello, it's going to take them two or three days to get walked back home, depending on where they just came from. But they came and followed Jesus, and he had compassion. See, he calls us to have compassion. He calls us to take whatever is in our hands. What is in your hands? What is it that you have that you can give to the body of Christ? I'm telling you, it's time for the church to awaken and arise. And I say this at all the churches because God will not let me let this message go. Wake up. And it's not just wake up. We're hitting the snooze alarm because we're too comfortable in our paneled houses. We hit the snooze alarm and we hear it. We know the trumpet's coming. We watch the news. We see the empty churches. We know what's going on. We know our children are on drugs and the prodigals have not come home. But we won't get up and get out of bed because we're too comfortable under the comforter. And it's time to get up. It's time for the church to get up, awaken and arise and be the church. We have too long been asleep. We've been too long worried about people. Do they really fit? Do they mix? Is this a country club or is this a hospital? Is this a place to get saved or is it a place to just come and be every Sunday with your friends? And I'm telling you, what God wants is us to take what is in our hands and be the church. And you're going to say, but I don't have anything. I'm not a preacher. I'm not in a MIP. I'm not this. Can you pray? Do you got breath in your lungs? Can you not pray for that man of God and that woman of God? See, what's happened is the church has put their mouth on the man and woman of God. Did you know that? Do you see the color of that? Well, you know what? He moved those pews again. Can you believe he did that? No. It's time for the church to be the church. And it's time for you to get up, get out of bed, and pray for that pastor and his wife. It's time to pray and fast for a supernatural healing. This is your house, that is your head, and that is your first lady. And it's time for the church to be the church. Because when we take what's in our hands and be who he's called us to be, they will come through that door. They won't need a program. They won't need an invite. They won't need a hot dog. They will will see the love of Jesus. Because it's got to happen in the church first. And it's time that the church get over itself. It's time that people get over themselves and be who God's called them to be. And you say, "But but, but I'm a nobody. You are. You got breath in your lungs. He, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you say, but I'm not enough. You don't got to be enough because it ain't nothing about you. It's all about Jesus. And he says, if I be high and lifted up, I will draw all men to you. He doesn't say, Sister Mindy, if you teach us right, they'll all come. No, he says, Mindy, if you will honor me and lift me up, I will draw all men unto you, unto him, not me. It's about him. So when I come here, I come to say, yes, we're missionaries. And praise God that we said yes. And praise God that he's doing what he's doing. But can I tell you, it's not about me and Jim.
We're just Mindy and Jim, and we just simply said yes. And I believe what he's saying is, will you give me your lunch? Will you let go of what's in your basket today? Will you give me what I need? Will you give me a yes? He didn't ask much of that little boy. That was his lunch. But what God can do with nothing will astound you. He took that ordinary rod that Moses had in his hand, and it became a snake. And then it became a rod again. But it, it became what it was purposed to be. Have you stepped into your destiny and your purpose? And you may look at me and say, it's too late. I'm too old. Uh, I've been there before. I've done that. I've seen it. I've seen that program. You know, I've seen it like this before. I've seen this. Can I tell you? We're in a different place than we've ever been before. He's coming back soon. And there are people going to hell because we won't take the covers off. There are people going to hell because we refuse to be the church. We can't even smile at the checker at Walmart. When she's had a bad day, we go to Walmart and go through there, and, and you're like, oh, she messed up my order. You know what you should be doing? Do you have a need? And you know what's going to happen is that checker's going to have a tear. And you just reach gently. You can say, can I just real quick pray for you? I don't care that she's a Walmart checker. I don't care if it's the little guy at come and go. I don't care. What about the shut-ins or the nursing home? What about the people that can't be here because they're too sick? Have you picked up the phone? Have you done what we used to do? Can I bring you a casserole? Can I do something for you today? You know, it's not all about social media and Facebook. And those, that's a wonderful tool that, that's there. But whatever happened to, can I touch you? Is it okay if I pray with you? Is it okay if I look with my eyes and your eyes and see the pain that you have and let you see Jesus' eyes and know that he's got it? He's got this. I love that. Can I tell you, I love that, Pastor, because he does. But we have to shift. It's time to shift. He has shown me it's generations. See, it's time that we have generations again in the church because it's time for us to have those little four-year-olds, wherever Embry is, it's time to call that child up here and let her lay hands on the sick. It's time to teach our babies how to pray. It's time to teach our youth how to stand up here and be a man or woman of God and preach the word and study out the word. We have programmed the church to death. We have programmed it to death. And I'm not, I'm not down in those, they work. But we've got to get back to the word of God. We have got to get back to this. We have lost this. We have lost what it says. I don't want to be like Corazon or Capernaum or Bethsaida. I don't want to be a church of unbelief that will have the curse I want to see the church awaken and arise and be the church who he's called to be. So I'm here to not yell at you, but to encourage you to step into what he has, to shift, to shift this place, to take your lunch and say, it's here. I will give you what's in my hand. 
Some of you, it'll be prayer. Some of you, he's asked you to do some things that you're like, I can't do that. Some of you have run from it. You know, that's what Moses did at first. He let go, that rod was in his hand. And when he threw it down, it kind of overwhelmed him and he ran from it. But see, God wants us to pick it up by the tail, hold it up, and run with what's in our hand. You know, it's not a long word. It, it, it's a short word, but it's to the point. Because how do you be missionaries? You are missionaries right here in Chillicothe. Have you, have you walked down the street? Do you know your neighbor's first name on the right and the left? Do you know who your neighbor is across the street? Do you know their name? Do you know that their kids ride the school bus and they don't have anybody? Do you know that they're hungry? And you didn't know that they were hungry? Did you know they are so lonely and depressed that they can't even leave their house? See, we have communities and community after community that are dying. And the more we have social media, the worse it's getting because people are more enclosed. So I want to encourage Chillicothe, as I do other churches, don't, don't keep hitting the snooze alarm. We don't have time. We do not have time. In Revelations 3.20, it says, and the islands will be no more. And that is why there is an urgency for us to go to the islands. Because you ask, why the South Pacific? Because God said in Revelations, and the islands will be no more. There's an urgency to get there, to get people to awaken and arise, not just to know of him, but to know him. To know him, to know that he's the God of creation. He's the God of the universe. He's the God that sent his one one and only son to die for our sins. It's a bloody gospel. It's not pretty. There had to be a sacrifice. Have we embraced that sacrifice? Or do we just go along and just, oh, we're here? Do we really, really know what's been done for us? I'm here to wake you up. I'm here to tell you to awaken and arise. And the prodigals are coming home. Those that you have been praying for are coming home. That vision's given, been given to multiple people. They're coming home. But I want to call up today, I feel like there needs to be a renewal and a refreshing. I feel like somebody here needs to throw off the covers and be restored to that place that he wants you to be. It is time to trust him. It is time to trust him that when you throw off the covers, he's not going to leave you naked and bare, naked and bare, and he's not going to leave you ever. His word says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So when you throw off the covers, whatever it is that's holding you back, he's right there. And whatever's on the other side, he's got it. If you're willing today to say yes, if you're willing to bring whatever's in your hand, your lunch, your heart, your healing, your brokenheartedness, I believe God is in this house this morning. There's a, there's a river. When we were worshiping, I feel the presence of God. There's a river here. And I'll tell you, the angels came down and they were stirring it in the worship. So it's not about me. It's not about me calling you up here. But I'm telling you what God wants to do. One, if you're not right with him and your heart's away from him and you know who you are, I don't even have to tell you, then you need to come up here.
But then there are those of you that just simply need to come and say, you can have my lunch. You can have what's in my hand. I can't fight this call that you have on my life anymore. I can't fight where my heart is and how my heart beats. You need to be missionaries for him. To tell the good news. When's the last time you got a chance to share the gospel with somebody? That person that's depressed, that person at Walmart, the person at the bank, when's the last time you got to do a simple thing like, I hand him a balloon and say, Jesus loves you. That's what's in my hand. Can I tell you, that's all he wants is your yes, and that's all he wants is your hand what's in your hand. So I ask you to come up. If you have somebody that plays music, fine. And if not, that's fine. I believe that God wants to do some things in this house. And if you have a healing, there, there's a healing. God's just show me some things. There's some things. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord, you came to heal the brokenhearted and set the captive free. And Lord, we're, we're, we're bound up with the vines of life and the vines of everyday life. When we're wrapped up and we can't even pray and we can't even get in your word, Lord, I pray that this day will be the day of supernatural freedom. Lord, we simply come to you and we surrender. We surrender to you. We bring our lunch to you, Lord. We bring our simple little fish and our five loaves. Because, Lord, whatever is in our hands, you can take and feed a multitude. So come this morning. Thank you, Jesus. And we'll pray.